Good evening, TDN listeners, and thank you to everyone for tuning in. Uh, whether you are listening to us on tdnradio.net or watching on Facebook Live or tdntv.net, welcome. It's always a pleasure to be with you on Wednesday evenings. I look forward to it every time. It's the highlight of my week, and I really appreciate you making this weekend interview a part of your weekly schedule. Special welcome to the listeners on RVR Jams, listening to us on Nature Isle of Dominica, on DigiPlay Channel 59. Welcome and, and always be grateful for the management of RVR Jams, for collaborating with TDN Radio and rebroadcasting or carrying live um, this weekend interview and a couple other of our uh, programs. So I hope you're having a good week so far and, and that you... You're taking in all of these changes. We, we live in interesting times, um, which I understand is a, is a Chinese curse. It says, may you live in interesting times. Because if times are interesting, you probably have some challenges to deal with. But these are indeed interesting times. and I hope that you remain safe. Uh, tonight, I, I don't have a guest. There's enough stuff going on. I figure we just spend the hour together. So I'm really going to encourage you to participate, uh, type your comments, your questions, and, and contribute to, to the discussion and the conversation. We have some sad news uh, of the first officially marked COVID death in Dominica. And it's a young lady. I, I so happen to know her mom. She, so special condolences to, to her family and friends understood that she was a very personable and very friendly person. Um, a lot of good people are being lost with these challenges that, that we're facing. So we're going to talk about that, our, our thoughts are with our Haitian brothers and sisters who have been going through additional challenges. We, we know we love our Haitian people and um, you know, we spend a little time and reflect with them, in with them on what they on what they are going through as well. Also, um, explore a little bit uh, the people of Antigua and Barbuda who are making arrangements to, to say last farewell to a former Prime Minister Lester, Lester Burke. We'll talk about that some as well. And any other thing that you decide that you want to put in the chat. So I encourage you to you know, get folks to tune in and let's make this a very um, interesting discussion. Let me know what other topics you may want to touch on. And, and we can have that that dialogue. But as usual, for what it's worth, let's listen to the Caracom Anthem. And when we come back, we're going to spend the most wonderful and beautiful hour together. So so good evening to everyone. And let's, let's get this show on the road. From many distant lands our forefathers came Some seeking adventure Some bound in chains Through battles waged and fought Through victory and pain By test of their courage Our freedom was gained to those gone before us, us, the heroes of lands in the sun, we vow to join hands and to focus on building one Caribbean. Raise your voice and high, sing of your Caribbean pride. Queen. 
Uh, welcome back, everyone. And you know, CARICOM Anthem we play it every Wednesday. Uh, it's part of our mission to keep that option um, live in your mind so that one day we can push our leaders to really make the, the, the integration of Caribbean one. One of these days, I'm going to do a special program on the whole integration movement. Um, there's been certain contributions by different people talk about the history of the, the whole Caribbean coming together as one and facing issues as one or in a combined effort. Some people argue that we don't need Caribbean integration. All we need is better and more organized um, contributions. But we'll take that up as a topic at a different time, although it is fitting to talk about it now because all the Caribbean islands are facing the COVID pandemic as all the other countries in the world. And therefore, would the outcome, would the benefit of the people be be better if um, if it was approached together? You know what I mean? Like if if there was, we could put the, the resources, both mental and, and physical and intellectual properties, um, resources of all the countries towards approaching COVID, how, how much more effective, how much better results that we will have? Uh, how would the lessons learned in Dominica affect the lessons learned in Trinidad or Barbados or St. Lucia? And Dominica, for the longest while, have been boasting of zero deaths associated with COVID. They have been talking about very minimal um, infections and very strong control of the infections when they were discovered that prevented it from, from spreading. However, in the last two weeks, we saw uh, a spike, a tremendous spike, where uh, maybe three weeks ago or two weeks ago, there were nine COVID cases in Dominica, and up to a couple of days ago, it had risen to 727. I think Dominica quickly rose to being at the top of the per capita infection rate. So in terms of, let's say, for every 1,000 people, the number of persons infected, it rose quite high, high enough that the American State Department um, placed Dominica on a travel advisory. With better cooperation with Dominica, have been able to learn from St. Lucia or, or Antigua or some of the other islands where there was, they had to deal with um, more of an impact of COVID early on. And therefore, if there was cooperation, would we have been able to build on our early success and avoid um, the, the latest spiral that happened? And unfortunately, we had uh, a young lady who admittedly by the government died um, from a, a complications associated with COVID, died from COVID infec infection, Miss Kathleen uh, St. Hilaire. And, and so, you know, I'll pause right here and extend deepest condolences to her family. Uh, her mom, Miss um, Kathleen Abraham, uh, is somebody that... that is familiar to my family. And so on behalf of the family, we extend special condolences to her. But also from looking at the, the outpouring of, 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 of grief and sadness, it looked like she in her own right was a very likable and sociable person. And so uh, condolences to all of you who knew her and was close to her. Uh, we, you know, we do hope um, that there's some comfort we brought to her family uh, so that eventually uh, the the sharp pain will be will be lessened will be dulled with some good memories of the life that that she lived but again we, we so we come back to lessons learned um in terms of with the covid 19 um, virus it's important to to be vigilant it's important to have systems in place it's important to to say, well, uh, let's not let our guards down. Let us let us build on successes rather than relaxing, uh, because I, admittedly, um, it is said that the, the the system let their guards down. They got comfortable, and as the world reopens towards COVID, there were activities that were allowed. There were rules that were relaxed, 
And as usually happens, um, people in authority probably exercise their privilege a little too quickly and, and allowed um, occasions where uh, the, the whole process was compromised. So hopefully lessons learned and, um, and we, we would, you know, like to thank uh, all of those who are on the front lines and really risking their health and the health of their families that they go back to every evening uh, after work, uh, after their shift, the risk of bringing back to their homes, um, the potential for risk uh, of infecting their family members. That, that we have to keep in mind. And so we, we want to say thank you for, for the work that, that is being done in that regard. And we hope that everybody takes it seriously. We, we all saw some videos of, of young people in quarantine who, you know, being young people were a little bit over exuberant. And um, we encourage folks to be cognizant and to, and to really be um, a little less um, insensitive and, and to take it seriously. Never mind that what you're doing may be harmful, but if it's going to create an atmosphere where people are going to look at what you do and, and feel relaxed and do it too. Uh, you know, you never know which behavior uh, is going to affect uh, the behavior of somebody else. And so we encourage all citizens everywhere in Dominica, on all the other islands, to really take stock. Because even if COVID has a small infection rate, um, it does affect some people severely. And it has been unpredictable as to who survives and who doesn't make it or who gets severe consequences. Some young people, uh, you know, some young people really uh, scale through. Some young people die from it. Some people have severe um, interaction, long-term interactions. And we all know that the healthcare system in Dominica will be, will be easily overwhelmed. Um, if they have to handle anything approaching what some of the other islands or some of the other countries handle. So the, the best thing is to stay in front of it, um, cooperate as much as possible with the government. You may not agree if all of the steps that are taken as to whether necessary or not. But um, the most important thing is for, is for folks to be of a common mindset so that uh, there is there's predictability of behavior and if with predictability of behavior, there will be predictability of outcome. And, and that is what is required because the uncertainty of outcome is what creates a little bit of chaos or a lot of chaos uh, and, and therefore have people behaving in ways that encourage the cross-infection, the community spread, and eventually, as we see, um, the death of our fellow country, men and women. So, folks, you know, um, I personally don't necessarily think that a curfew um, it may have been necessary, but I encourage you to, to conform so, not, so that at least there's uniformity and there's predictability, and that is what is required. Uniformity and predictability so that the, the outcome can be predicted. And if the outcome is predicted, the result will be better and less chaotic because a lot of what's happening with COVID is, is fear. And folks not knowing who to listen to and listening to everybody. And therefore, you make emotional decisions rather than rational decisions. So that's what I would encourage. The government has imposed the curfew. As much as possible, try to, to, to comply. Um, we also encourage the government to, to be a little bit more organized, to be, um, to be more deliberate. Don't just react to stuff on the fly and then folks who are depending on you for information get confused. Don't lose the trust of the public more than, than it's already been questioned by coming to a press conference unprepared. Because obviously the, the pandemic is a complicated issue. And so, if you are in authority and people are looking to you for guidance and you come to a press conference obviously unprepared and as a result of being unprepared you you um 
you erode that trust that people are supposed to have in you as an authority figure, you as the attorney general who is supposed to give guidance on, on curfew, you as med chief medical officer who has to have to give information and guidance. You, you really need that authority and that respect. And so at least take some time, be prepared so that when you come and you come in an official capacity or in your personal capacity, people can see you as an operative figure. And never mind that if tomorrow circumstances change and you have to give a different message, people understand that that, what, that is what's happening and not necessarily that from press conference to press conference, we're shifting from one gear to the next. So we deserve a, a, that type of leadership. I mean, I'm not necessarily talking about the prime minister and the government because in 20 years they've more than proved that they don't have much leadership um, except to to control the outcome of the election so that they can be in power. But I'm, I'm specifically talking to the technical people, the medical personnel, the legal personnel, people who we know are educated and are trained in their field. Just try to be as open and as transparent as possible. Try to be professional and 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 just and just you know come to the people with with, with the intention of providing as accurate and as good information as you have at the moment. I want to say good evening to everybody who's tuning in um, online. Uh, I, I see somebody saying, may the um, young lady rest in peace. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, you know, I, I, some people live to be 46, which is her age, and they live much more than um, people who live to be 80, 83. And, and, and all our folks are just saying hello. So hi, everybody. It's really good to have you on. And tonight, I don't have a guest. So feel free to put your comments um, and share your comments, and I'll, I'll incorporate them into the discussion. Um, questions, I may not have the answer, but I will ask it. Maybe somebody will answer uh, or your own contributions. So, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but really, um, good evening, Lofty, and good Emmeline, and everybody else, Sophie. Um, we, we expect a certain amount of guidance from the authorities. And as I said, not necessarily at the, at the prime minister's level or the minister, because we've seen the level of leadership that's been um, demonstrated. Um, but as technocrats, as, as medical personnel, as legal personnel, as social personnel, uh, come, to the, come to, the, to the press conferences, come to the public with the intention of providing information and guidance. And if you come there and you're prepared, that will shine through. And if tomorrow there's new information and you have to come in for a different message, the public will understand that. But if you come trying to finesse a message, trying to save face, trying to make the information look not as bad as it is, then the public can sense that. And the only thing that we have is a loss of credibility, which will only result in chaos. And, and so, we appeal to the entire country in whatever role that you play as a regular citizen. I'd encourage you to comply with the, with the system that the government has put in place to deal with it so that we can get past this spike for as soon as possible. And if you are in a position of authority, just study what your role, what your role is. Um, and, um, and, 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 and just play your role. You know, if you, if you are a nurse, uh, a doctor, chief medical officer, whatever it is, um, study what your role is. Get as much information as you can come, as you can, and come so prepared that, that, that you are providing a consistent and a coherent message. Uh, vaccinations. Uh, there's a lot of resistance to vaccinations. And anybody who has raised teenagers know that the, the way you can get a teenager to oppose you is to try to force that teenager to, to do something that they're hesitant about. Uh, you know, so this browbeating, this bullying and whatever that you try to do to try to force people to take the vaccine is going to result in just protest and more um, fight and demonstration and activities that will actually have the opposite effect because when you have these demonstrations, two things happen. People spread it to each other 
and people get more hardened in their position and you get the opposite effect. Let folks understand that the decision to take the vaccine or not to take the vaccine is, is theirs. And let people understand that it is that they are free to make that decision. And let them understand that whichever decision that you make, there are certain responsibilities and privileges that come with it. So if you decide not to take the vaccine, then you have to find ways and understand ways in which you have to protect yourself, wear your mask, social distancing, and so on. If you've taken the vaccine, also understand it, what type of protection you expect from the vaccine so that you also can understand that um, all the professionals say that even if you have the vaccine, it doesn't prevent you from getting infected. It doesn't prevent you from spreading it. So therefore, you too will have to protect those around you as well. Uh, and, and that kind of approach, I think, would, would, res would get much better response. We see so many of the governments in the Caribbean trying to browbeat and, and force people into a position where they have to say yes or no. They, they're all adults and put the, put the signs, put the information in front of people, show the respect to people and folks will decide for themselves if they take the vaccine or not. I don't think that it is correct that everybody who has concerns about the vaccine are labeled as anti-vax, anti-vaxxers, and therefore they should be treated with scorn, like something is wrong with their, with their intellect. And, 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 and they should not be listened to and they should be ridiculed and made to feel ashamed. We, we see that. Um, we do that to labor rights, those of us who don't support the government. We cannot understand how they can support a government who's been in power for 20 years with so little to show in progress. And so we, we scorn them, we, we humiliate them. What does it do? It just makes them more strong because supporters of the party. And so we have to understand that in life, um, as the folks in authority, we have the responsibility to be the quote-unquote adults in the room and to make sure you have the responsibility to communicate the message that you wish to communicate. And so if your objective is to, is to make sure that as many people as possible take the vaccine, then have that as your objective and sit down and properly strategize how, what is the most effective way to get everybody to take the vaccine. And I'm certain that you wouldn't come up with, well, we have to force them we have to make their jobs um, be dependent on that. We have to make sure that um, if, good evening, um, Thomas, it's, it's good to have you aboard. Um, feel free to, to, to um, make your comments and so on. Uh, uh, you know, but we, we have to show respect. And, and a lot of folks are mature citizens. They, they, have, they run their homes, they run their churches, they run their jobs. You cannot come around and treat them as children and just threaten to fire them or not give them food or not get to, and therefore we see that level of, of, of protest. Uh, in terms of being labeling people anti-vax, if you have to label everybody who has concern as an anti-vax, then maybe the CDC and the FDA are the biggest anti-vaxxers because you know they have not given full authorization to any of the vaccines. You know, and you 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 so why? Is the CDC or the FDA anti-vax? Why are you forcing, trying to force folks to take a vaccine that the same authorities are only able to give an emergency authorization? Someone says adhering to COVID protocol, especially wearing the mask is a must. Caring for COVID patients take a toll on we, the healthcare professionals. All of us need to play our part in getting rid of the deadly virus. And, and, and that is so true. And the idea to take the vaccine or not to take the vaccine is a personal one. Uh, it seems as though there's evidence to show that the vaccine provides protection to folks, at least in the short term, in the year that, that it's been administered. Um, that may be a suggestion. I think the, the, the jury is still out. The data has not been analyzed. And we know that when the media gets a topic and they have an agenda, they push that agenda so hard that they make you think that that is the only option. And we see that. And, and they're playing it in the media and playing it in the media. And, and, and therefore, a lot of people um, uh, 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 exact, uh, you know, really get riled up. Somebody asked, what do, you, what do you think should be the role of the opposition in the ongoing vaccination drive? 
I know we're pushing up against a commercial break, but I will, in, as the producers, to indulge because I want to. I want to go to different topics when I come back from from the break. Um, so, the opposition, the role of the opposition in the ongoing vaccination drive. As I said, every everybody in Dominica has to question themselves where they are. If you are a regular citizen, your role is to just be responsible and make sure that what you're doing is not contributing to the spread. The opposition has a similar role. Um, we know that uh, traditionally the opposition in Dominica has not been given much of an opportunity to participate in anything. Um, not the hurricane relief, not um, any of the agenda, not even in the leader of the opposition in his role as the person who, who is supposed to question the government on the expenditure. The, 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 the position that the government has taken is to box out the opposition out of anything that would make them appear as though they have some kind of authority or some kind of privilege in the country. So because of that, the, the role that the opposition should be able to play is severely limited. Having said that, though, the opposition in Dominica has a, a strong following. Every, every election, they're able to, to get thousands of votes. So therefore, they can speak to their constituencies who support them, and they can speak to, their, to the entire nation. Again, the opposition can take a role where, whereas the government may be appearing to really mandate vaccination and force people to take vaccination, the opposition can take a role of education, educating the public as to what are the pros and cons of taking or not taking the vaccine and treat people with respect so that they can then occupy the space in people's minds as an objective participant and to and to just do the responsible thing and to trust that regular adults can look at honest information and come to their conclusion and and it, it definitely covid should not be made a, a political um agenda item the objective should be to keep every single citizen of the country safe and to have a minimal impact and to get to the position where we can reopen business, we can, we can, we can survive the pandemic. And so I know that's a general answer, but that is what the answer is. The opposition has a bully pulpit. They have access. They have access to folks who listen to them. They can take the lead. Um, Dominica is so small that that even not being in government, even with limited resources, the opposition can, can maybe go on a countrywide education and just, just be about supplying education. They can do a pamphlet that they just circulate in the community that maybe gives people the websites where they can go get information for themselves. They can provide some summary of it so that people can see that you're not pushing a particular agenda. You're genuinely interested in providing information and you're providing the sources of your information and, and, and just try to be objective and to try to understand those who are willing to take the vaccine and those who are not willing. Try to understand that I may choose not to take the vaccine because I think that I trust the FDA and the CDC and when they give, when, they, when the FDA and the CDC is comfortable enough to give full authorization, then I may be comfortable enough to say, okay, I trust the scientists and I will take it. You have to be able to respect folks and meet them where they are. Um, you know, the, 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 the mark of intelligence is to be able to entertain a thought in your mind, even if you don't adopt that thought. So, so there, ha there has to be a position taken where even if I, Lennox Linton, may personally think everybody should take the vaccine because I have taken it myself. I can understand why somebody may hesitate to take it and approach it from that point of view. So I think the, the opposition has an equal role as government in educating the public and, and to do their part, understand the limitations which, within which they operate, but find a way to be effective. Because guess what? If the opposition becomes the government tomorrow, Restrictions don't go away, challenges don't go away, and you still have to find a way to operate in that space. So that, that is what I would say. The opposition definitely um, has a role to play. And folks, good night, good night, Mama.
nice to have you on um the the opposition definitely should have um uh, a role to play in in really um helping to educate the public and the objective should really be to protect protect the citizens and give people the space to make their own decisions as to whether or not they want to take the vaccine but just educate them with whichever choice that they make this is what you need to do and it is both ways whether you're vaccinated or not you still have to wear masks you should still socially distance you should still disinfect because what the science has shown is that you can still get infected even if you have you've taken the vaccine you can still spread it even if you've taken the vaccine the the only claim that's being made is that if, if you get infected and you've been vaccinated the, the you don't get as sick and you're less likely to die that is a huge benefit but you still have to protect yourself and and in fact that is the only thing that has been proven to work i live in new york city and i have, I have seen where you drive past every single hospital a year ago had two or three refrigerated containers packed outside because dead bodies were overflowing and having to put into into refrigerated containers and without the vaccine you had healthcare workers being able to survive that pandemic you had the society bringing that down bringing it back down to the point where new york went to one or two deaths a year a day to no deaths a day and so with the only thing that has been proven to work is wearing your mask social distancing hand sanitizing the vaccine gives you a help in that regard and so trying to force folks to take a vaccine is wrong everybody should be left to come to their decision and folks that saying that if if you don't take the vaccine you're being irresponsible because so and so and so it's too early the data is not there to support that kind of claim and that kind of bullying into forcing the whole world we want every human being to take a vaccine that has not been proven take a vaccine that we don't know what will be the outcome four or five years from now against a pandemic because no matter how panicked that we are the death rate on covid has only been about two percent if you do the calculation the population of the world and the number of people who have died it's only about two percent so i'm not saying that we should ignore it and we should just go about our business and accept the death as it is because one death is too many but i don't think that we should be pushing for every single human being to take a vaccine that we, we don't know what are the consequences of that vaccine in the long term so i have to put i'm pushing against a break um, i'm going to take a quick break so we get a word from the sponsors and when we come back, we're going to switch gears and talk about a different topic. Presented by Hi, have you always wanted to learn how to paint but felt that you didn't have the talent to try? Well, pick up that paintbrush and join me, Nicole Georges Bennett, for Art and the Word on TDNTV.net, Wednesdays at 10.30 a.m. with repeats on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Join me for an exploration through art appreciation and biblical inspiration on Art and the Word, tdntv.net, Wednesdays at 10.30 with repeats on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Let's paint. If you live in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K. and are looking for Dominica products including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to BuyDominicaOnline.com and enjoy home away from home. People say I've got a great smile. Well, I have to say, this is all thanks to the professional team at Beacon Dental Group right here in Dorchester, Massachusetts. I've got world-class dental care. Beacon Dental Group has expert and caring staff dedicated to providing the most advanced and satisfactory treatment in all aspects of oral health. 
Their services are designed to meet your needs and give you a perfect smile, too. General checkups, cosmetic surgery, Gemini laser service, and advanced procedures, all in a state-of-the-art facility. Call or visit Beacon Dental Group today, 1026 Blue Hill Avenue, Dorchester, Massachusetts, or call 617-282-2146 for a smile that lights the world. Social distancing means solidarity. Play your part to help control the spread of COVID-19 and keep yourself and others safe. Limit social gatherings. Avoid crowded areas like bars and restaurants. Keep three to six feet away from each other. We may have to stay apart, but we're all in this together. A message by the Health Promotion Unit of the Ministry of Health, Wellness and New Health Investment, Dominica. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us through the break. If you join us late, you will listen to this week's interview. And tonight I decided to, to dance solo and to really just talk about some contemporary topics that, that's affecting us. Um, I spoke first half about just the whole COVID virus um, effect. Dominica having recorded its officially its first um, COVID-19 death. I keep saying it like that, officially, um, first COVID-19 death, because I, I don't know how well the government keeps data. And so how do we know, you know, in the absence of a transparent data collection system, how do we know to trust the information that we get from, from the government? Um, I get a little bit of flack on my text when I said that for the last 20 years, the government has proven that it doesn't have much of a leadership capacity. Um, but I stand by my, I stand by my, I stand by my statement. Um, you can choose anything: agriculture, health, anything that you want to choose. Um, and I don't necessarily think that you can say that Dominica is better off today than it was 20 years or 10 years ago. So, and, and leadership is about um, results. Uh, I just want to put a little plug in because. Um, we carried uh, an, an expo some years ago from New some days ago from New Jersey, and there's a Facebook group um, called Dominica Diaspora at Expo. Dominica Dominican Diaspora at Expo. Check them out. Um, you can join the membership, and um, and I was saying that, um, and and I was saying that um, the. There's a lot of local entrepreneurs on there that you can get your products and and and, and support local people. Um, I see one of our guests saying that the healthcare system is better. Um, I, I I disagree, but we're not going to argue about that um, today. I we may have a prettier hospital. I don't know if the healthcare is necessarily better, um, but. Love alone. Hi, Marshall. Welcome, man. Uh, so, we want to say thank you to the sponsors. I'm, I'm self-dancing tonight. I don't have a guest. I think we have a, enough of an interesting discussion, topics that we that we speak of. Uh, in the last week, um, Haiti um, had an earthquake. Huge earthquake, 7.2. I understand that that was even more powerful than the earthquake that devastated Haiti in 2010. Um, where over 200,000 um, um, folks lost their lives. And so our hearts go out to our Haitian brothers and sisters. Um, you know, some people say Haiti cannot catch a brick, uh, but the brick that Haiti has to catch is from these foreign powers that keep occupying Haiti and preventing them from... Uh, being able to to chart their own course and, and their own destiny. Um, Haiti has been almost constantly under foreign occupation. The Americans spent decades in there, and the French are forcing them to pay, uh, and so on. And even if you might say an earthquake is a natural um, phenomenon, don't forget that the Dominican Republic shared the same island with Haiti. And so 
the consequences, the results of an earthquake uh, and the impact it has on the society is very much determined by where the country sits at the time of that event. So the Dominican Republic is rocked by the same earthquake that Haiti, maybe because of where Haiti is on the island, it's a little stronger, but still. And you see less of an impact on the Dominican Republic because maybe they have better institutions. And so their building codes uh, are more uniform. You remember I spoke about uniformity in terms of COVID. Uniformity always leads itself to better results. Uh, and so with the with the lack of enforcement of building codes, an earthquake will have a more devastating effect. You have more loss of life. You have more impact on the, on the community. You have a longer time for folks to recover. And so part of what we, we're dealing with um, in, terms of, in terms of what's going on um, with, with Haiti, um, Haiti is a close example to what's been going on in Africa where when the Haitian people selected Aristide, and Aristide looked like what he was trying to do was to look out for the Haitian people. Aristide was forced out of power twice, not once, twice. And, and, and people who were more amenable to the agendas of the powers, France and England and United States, United Kingdom, were left in power, and the Haitian people just seemed not to be able to be given the freedom to choose. And they get judged. In every sentence you hear Haiti, you hear, oh, the poorest country in our hemisphere. Every sentence you hear Haiti, you hear about violence. Every sentence, Haiti is being treated exactly the way the continent of Africa is being treated. But when you do see real photos from Haiti, you, you never know that Haiti is a beautiful country, beautiful beaches and, and, and infrastructure. And, and we don't hear of the number after, after the first earthquake, so much help went into Haiti. And what did they do? try to exploit the Haitian people who have them working in sweatshops for less for next to nothing, money that they cannot even feed their families on. So when we say that Haiti cannot catch a break, Haiti cannot catch a break from the powers that's trying to, to, to continue to use them and to exploit them. Um, the Haitian people, I consider them to be my brothers. A lot of people meet me in New York and start talking Creole to me thinking I'm Haiti, Haitian. And I'm very proud when that happens because I think that the Haitian people have a spirit, a fighting spirit within them. That if Dominicans had that type of fighting spirit, this nonsense that's been going on in terms of governance would not be going on. And every time people gather in the street to protest, um, they have a police force that think that they're the U.S. Marines and coming for things and the biggest guns that you see and tear gas and all of that. If Dominicans had half the spirit of the Haitian people, there would be enough pushback that that would not happen on the basis of which is happening. Yeah, I agree that Haitians are very hardworking people and they're nowhere close to being the poorest. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of Haitians in Dominica and I think some of our Dominican folks can, can take a page and, and really, you know, um, encourage um, each other to, to, follow, to follow the example of the Haitian people. They come to Dominica. I understand that when you go to the Rosal Market, um, Almost pure Haitians is selling in the Rosal market, so we can really we can really follow them and and despite being um, oppressed for for centuries, they still seem to be able to rise. Uh, the last count, at last count, um, almost two thousand deaths. The death toll of the last earthquake almost at two thousand, um, with close to ten thousand people being hurt. Um, there, were, I think, almost seven thousand homes destroyed. It's just, it's just really devastating. And so whatever aid that you can, you can send, um, you know, send that, but also encourage your governments to encourage the United Nations and some of these other institutions to just give Haiti a break. Let the Haitian people determine their own destiny and we will definitely see a, a better outcome from, from Haiti. Um, some people, there seems to be uh, uh, you want to continue the discussion on, on leadership and healthcare and all of that. But the, the other topic I want to, to touch on is the death of Lester Bird in Antigua and Barbuda. Um, uh, someone said rampant government corruption is also part of the Haitian problem. People say that about Africa as well. But as I said, 
the, the, the powers that control who is in power in Haiti do not mind corruption in government, but they very much mind a government that's looking out for the Haitian people. And so when you remove RST and you put uh, uh, you know, anybody just because they will say yes to you, um, we call that corruption. But is that what it is? Um, because it seems like it is orchestrated to be so. And so it's not that I'm saying that government doesn't have corruption. I'm saying that the people are not allowed to do something about it because when they vote people who are not corrupt, those, those folks are taken out of power. Um, Lester Bird passed away on, on the 9th. Uh, Lester Bird was the former prime minister of Antigua and Barbuda. Um, following from his father, he was um, prime minister from 1994 to 2004. And Gaston Brown is now the prime minister, but Gaston Brown, I think, is his son-in-law. And so it's a continuation of the Bird dynasty in Antigua and Barbuda. Um, for, for what it's worth, uh, he, he led his country um, for, for, what is that, um, 10 years? 10 years um, following in his father's footsteps. And so may he rest in peace. Our condolences to the people of Antigua and Barbuda. Um, his funeral is planned for the 26th of August. He's um, a state funeral, a uh, special, um, special um, session of parliament has been um, held in his honor. Um, things are just being done according to a certain set of rules and certain protocol. Predictability. Uh, we haven't seen any such thing done for, for Patrick John. Um, certainly, um, Patrick John died well before Lester Bird. Uh, what's happening? Uh, what, what's happening? The, the Prime Minister made a statement that did not seem to reflect some of the concerns that some people have, um, that because Patrick John was imprisoned for, for, was imprisoned for, for which reason he should not be given a, a special recognition, the Prime Minister did not indicate that was the case. He indicated that the government would take care of the funeral and so on. But, you know, there's no secret that I think that the the government, the Prime Minister of Dominica is interested in being a dictator who is there for life. And, and just as um, Vera Bird handed it down to his son Lester when he came of age, um, Roosevelt Scaridis probably has the same design. And, and so in a situation where that happens, the leader of the country is very reluctant to, to put anybody else in the limelight. We, we know the role that Rosie Douglas played in bringing him into the Labour Party fold that resulted in him being there. He doesn't even recognize the, the death or the birth of Rosie Douglas. Um, not anything that, that puts somebody else into a position of attention is, is being beaten down and put in the back by the Prime Minister. So, so it's not surprising that Patrick John has not been... Um, treated or taken care of in the way that he should be taken care of as a former prime minister. And, and we hope that, you know, with the way Antigua having the opportunity to demonstrate to the Dominican authorities how you go about uh, doing um, the, what is supposed to be done. Predictability, because the outcome of our people depend on predictability. Somebody doesn't want to invest their money in a country where is unpredictable. You don't know somebody breach a contract and you take them to court. The outcome at the court is unpredictable. Unpredictability lends itself to chaos. And so the rules should be followed. If a former prime minister passes, he should be given a state funeral, you give a state funeral. You make the arrangements and you let it happen. What's the big deal? The, the flags were never flown at half, at half mast. Um, just, you know, the country cannot be run on the whims of one person. Government should be of laws. Government should not be of men. It shouldn't matter who's in the seat. There are certain things that should just happen the way they are designed and planned to happen. So I would appeal to the government and their supporters to encourage your leaders. Um, let Patrick John go rest in peace. Give him his final farewell, give him a send off, 
and don't just keep him there waiting. Um, the, the state has already committed to handle his cost. So what's the purpose of, 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 of having him there? We, we were at a point where they could have had his funeral. And if you have his funeral, people could have attended. Now we have 10 people max at a funeral. Uh, so all of this, again, lack of leadership, lack of whatever it is you want to call it, just shines through. Um, I know folks may look at it as, yeah, I go again. But what can you do? If you see wrong, you call wrong. And, this, and there's plenty wrong to see and plenty wrong to call out. And, you know, somebody says, as an engineer, do you think the time is right for there to be some research in building material used in this earthquake and hurricane zone region? Um, I, I, I don't know how much research there needs to be done. I mean, California is in an earthquake zone and they get much more earthquakes than the Caribbean and they survive, you know? Um, we don't know major... Uh, so all it, it doesn't even need imagination. It just needs a will and an organization to apply um, to apply signs that already exist. And and so I don't think necessarily that's an engineer that needs to think about it. I think it's just an administrative and a leadership thing in the Caribbean that is that should be deliberately done. Um, we try to build to hurricane code. But we don't, because every time we get a little bit of a stronger hurricane, we see the devastation. But generally, um, building for earthquake um, impact is not given the attention that, that it deserves to be given. Um, the region doesn't take advantage of the, 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 the resources that we have. And similarly, we don't pay attention to the hazards that we face. So we are surrounded by water. We should be experts at marine engineering, marine science, shipbuilding, ship repair, and all of that. That's not the case, you know? We, again, Dominica is hill, mountainous and prone to rain. We should be experts at dealing with rain and controlling of water, controlling of our waterways. We should be experts at that because the hazard that we face should dictate our gender. But we don't, we, we, we don't do that at all. Um, we just, we seem like we exist. We exist in the Caribbean Sea, and if the current brings us to Martinique or Marigaland, that's where we go. If it drifts us in the other direction, that's where we go. We don't seem to want to put um, our engines on and to guide the country and, 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 and the outcomes in the direction that we want to go. Uh, somebody says erosion, and I agree. Um, all of that, when it rains in Dominica, our rivers are brown. When I grew up, uh, we knew something that we called windbreaks. Um, all farms used to have a strip of trees, galba. I remember, if, I, if you grew up in Castro, we used to call them galba. Galba trees used to be on, on, the, um, on, the, on the boundaries because they, they're very leafy and they're tall and they provide a windbreak. So we don't get as much impact. We used to plant a lot of vectivin and other types of um, of plants that can hold the soil with fibrous roots so that when we get rain, we don't get as much runoff. Um, there are certain crops we didn't use to grow on certain slopes and certain elevations. Um, we used to plant yams across across slopes, but we used, to, we used to go across the slope so that when the rain, when water is washing down, the water is obstructed. It's not flowing all the way down. We had all of those things done. And now that we should be growing on those experiences and using technology, we are simply abandoning them. And, and so the, the concept is that Caribbean people are supposed to hold their governments accountable to results much, much more than, they, than they're doing at the moment. And so the impact of the earthquake, the impact of COVID, the impact of economic downturn would be less felt. If we recognize that hurricanes hit us every year, we sell passports and make billions of dollars. Is there a sovereign fund so that we can, we can draw from that fund for the recovery of the country from a disaster? Those are things that are done. Norway goes around. Um, they're so successful with their, with their sovereign fund that they go around training governments who want to are interested to also have a sovereign fund. So what I'm saying is not innovation or creative. It's just understanding that if folks want to if folks want are interested if folks are interested they there is the information available 
And instead of looking forward to leaving work and go hang out and have a drink, you can sit down and really do what the people are paying you to do and, and really um, have an interest in the outcome of our, of our folks. Have a plan that any Dominican should be able to go on the website and see what is the country's five-year plan and how does an international airport fit within that plan. Why are we widening the roads? That is the reason why we're widening the roads. Which land, how many acres of land we have in Bananas? How many acres of land we have in Dashing? Where are the markets for those things? Um, what part of the country we would do industry? What part of the country we do agriculture? What part of the country uh, is too mountainous for certain things? Is it worth um, losing our mountains and rivers to build an international airport? Is there different technology that we can apply? And maybe we do the airport on, our, on the West Coast. I don't know. I'm saying that that's that is the level of leadership that we require. And, and I am criticizing the government for not doing it, but I'm also criticizing the opposition because the opposition are not putting forward um, any kind of plans that suggest that they would do different. And so the citizens of Dominica are just scratching their heads and just wondering, well, what? If I don't like what is there, what you're offering me as an alternative doesn't sound much better. Uh, so. It's a challenge to the entire country, all the communities in the Caribbean, to really, you know, understand that when we leave the Caribbean and we go outside, we excel. We get leadership position in almost any industry in the world, anywhere in the world. Why is it that we cannot shine when we are in our country? Why is it that our athletes have to leave our country and go to another country where they get trained to make and perform in the Olympics. Is Dominica too small to have a state-of-the-art athletic pitch and coaches that are trained that can train our, our folks uh, and to go to the Olympics in our own right? Why is it? We have to ask why. Why, 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 why? So it seems like there's a lot more that we can discuss, but those are the... The topic that I have, I'm flat out of time. It is four minutes after nine o'clock. I hope that the things that I spoke with tonight stimulated you to think. Um, and, and natural disasters are beyond our control, but the impact of natural disasters on us is totally within our control. And our reaction and recovery is totally within our control. And so if we, if we think about it and uh, uh, so on, um, we, we, we would have to um, demand more. And somebody says, you're correct. The opposition is only reacting to things that the government do. They are never leading. And so it's a double whammy. You know, the, the, the government is not showing true leadership, in my opinion. Uh, the opposition is not showing leadership, in my opinion. What are we to do? And even, even when we get new parties coming on stream, uh, they're not offering anything significantly different and so i'm going to, i'm going to have to leave it there i will do this a little more often um hey marshall thanks a lot uh, also you know um tune into um your live show as well love alone eh? mr dj on um on on look, look for him on his um on his podcast uh he plays music every every friday night but Folks, I want to say good night because if, if you give me a chance, I will talk to you until I'll talk to you until tomorrow. <laughs> um, but let's not do that. Uh, so, tropical is tropical is radio, Marshall. Put the times on there for me because you know uh, I'm getting a little older where I forget um, some of those things. Put the time of your radio show um, on there when they can catch you. Um, tropical is radio. Uh, check him out. He, he definitely keep you entertained. And he has a very loyal following. Um, you know, go ahead and put the time. Don't, don't don't be shy. Folks can can tune in. My audience would love to be entertained by you. But folks, you know, um, keep it safe. And as I said, make your decisions whether you take the vaccine or not. But whether you take the vaccine or not, continue to exercise responsibility. Wear your mask. Socially, socially um, distance yourself. Um, sanitize. Have a bottle of alcohol in your in your in your car every time you come in. Sanitize your hand when you come into your house. The first thing you do is wash your hands. 
Um, and I'm just telling you because that's the experience we've had in New York and with the with the increased prevalence of the COVID in Dominica, that's what you do. When you come into your house, take your clothes off, um, put it in the laundry or whatever, wash your hands first thing, sanitize when you get into your car. Um, as much as possible, if you do things where a lot of people touch it, like if you go to get gas from a gas pump, um, use a tissue or glove, discard it. Um, those are things that I did to protect myself. Um, those are things that you that uh, I do to protect myself in the height of COVID when New York was um, epicenter. Those are the things that work. So just continue to protect yourself. Treat everybody that you meet as though they may have the virus. Wear your mask, wear your mask, wear your mask, and clean your hands. Try to get out of the habit of touching your face. Um, throughout the pandemic, I was the one doing grocery runs for 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 my home and for for my sister's homes and everybody else and that's how i managed to remain safe uh, by just those good practices uh get educate yourself as much as you can on on whether you want to take the um, covid vaccine or not the technology is out there the information is out there for you to for you to find out find it out i know i'm spending a few extra minutes but i think it is so helpful uh for for folks to think about this thing properly. When you were going to school, it says cleanliness is next to godliness. Um, you have to examine your teeth, examine your nails, wash your hands every time. Those were practices that we have. Uh, and those are the same practices that keep COVID at bay. You know, if we knew when we stand up and talk to people that they used to spit on us so much, we would stand a little further away from people. COVID, COVID has brought that into our awareness. Um, just standing close to somebody and speaking to them, they dress you down with their saliva. So maybe wearing masks is not that bad. Um, if you're like me, that's a little phobic towards body fluid. Because um, even before COVID, I would use a glove when I go to the gas station. I always had sanitizer in my, in my car and, and those kind of things. So just practice it. Be aware. Don't let your guard down. Don't think that COVID is gone. And imagine we're getting spikes in the middle of the summer as the winter comes it would get worse so again my audience i want you to stay safe i want to oh I'm, in terms of staying safe and staying healthy boost your vitamin c boost your zinc intake boost your magnesium um well, you know just exercise and and it's it's proven that those things really really work so till next time have a great week and my condolences again to the family of, of Kathleen. Um, you know, just hold strong uh, and, and we will get past this and, and her memories of her life will start to replace the pain that you feel uh, right now. So good night, folks. I thank you so much for participating and keeping the, the, the discussion as interesting as it is. And we'll have more discussion. I always, I'm always open to talk politics. So we can have a discussion on what is better, what I mean by better, and whether we see improvements or not. So thank you to the staff um, of TDN Radio. Thank you for everybody who keeps the show going. And I want to say good night. Have a great weekend.